0: Oh there's something I forgot to mention in this last, in this last recording was I asked that you would bring conviction which I knew I know you were going to do that but anything that you want even even if even me and the replay if there's any, anything I missed or anything that anything you want us to to write down in in notes that I just asked that you would reveal it to us and Help us use this to bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, I want to talk today about God's call to his ministers. I am not necessarily in a leadership position, um, I have thirty eight subscribers on my YouTube. I'm not sure how many people subscribe to my podcast. Um, I know at least maybe probably ten. There might might be more, but um, there's not really a way for me to keep up with that, which that's okay because I'm I'm not I'm not here to to see how many subscribed and how many this and how many that. I just want to bring glory to Jesus. But um, so I'm I say all that to say that I am in some way in. A leader. Over some people. You know. Over people. Um, it's just not like. I'm not like a pastor of. A. a Building. A traditional church. Um, so. <clears throat> but I want to say. Up front. That the Bible does talk very clearly. About false converts. And false Christians and false teachers and all of this so i'm not saying that we just shouldn't worry about false converts at all but my point here today is that people get into their doctrines so much so and and, I, and i'm not going to name names but i've even seen a deliverance minister do this and it is an it is it god makes very clear about being a Pharisee, and we all have it in us, but we just have to, anything, if we go to college, or wherever we go, we have to ask the Lord, which doctrines do they believe that you want me to pick up, and which ones do they believe that you do not want me to pick up, and that would cause me to be a Pharisee? We have to ask ourselves this question, folks. Because in some ways we we all have a Pharisee in us. It's not that people that mainly mainly mention doctrine and all of this are are guilty of it. All of us are guilty of it. All of us are. Uh, I am guilty of it. I I have came on this podcast before and railed against the sinners' prayer, railed against it. I'm sure many of you that are loyal listeners listen, remember that. I still stand in some ways by what I said that day. But I do not believe that the sinner's prayer is, is that big of a deal. Uh, you know, even if, even if say, the context is wrong. You know, I, I think something about, like, people, the Roman emperor would bring the altar, this, this altar that you'd have to bow to Caesar, uh, to people, and if you didn't, you would, you would, um uh, basically you'd be killed. And, and I heard this from Isaiah Seldivar, in his teachings, and he said that, basically what Paul was saying there, was, that, the Christians should endure, should, should want to be a martyr for Christ. Now, whether that's true or not, there are so many different commentaries on different things. So whether that's true or not, well, I don't know. I mean, perhaps it's true that contextually, sinner's prayer is not biblical. Because, you know, in the early church, there's no record of that. Uh, of the sinner's prayer, you know, being said. But I can say that although that is the case, you know, I, I won't, I, if you pick up a copy of, of uh, Christianizing the Roman Empire, what you're going to find is that there are people back in the early church, when I, I think more in the Gentile areas, when they were first probably in the, in the Roman Empire, concerning salvation... You know what they did? They just laid hands on people. You think today's sinner's prayer is bad? Then we need to get on to the leaders back then. And say, hey, that's producing false converts. And yes, this book does record that there are many people accepted in the church that could today be considered false converts. But my point is, they may be, quote unquote, they may look false to begin with, but if you continue to teach them. Now, Paul records in in First Corinthians 5 of this man who was in an incestuous relationship and was unrepentant, and Paul says, you need to cast them out of the church. So, in the instances where people are unrepentant, And they were false converts in that sense? Yes, we cast them out of the church. But do we say, oh, well, this method that they're using is producing false converts. Let's just throw this method out. I don't see that anywhere in Scripture, folks. Let's read in Matthew chapter 13. It says, then Jesus taught them another parable. Heaven's kingdom can be compared to a farmer who planted good seed in his field. Now, John 15, verse 1 reads, I am a true sprouting vine, and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. Now, I don't like the way... The Passion Translation renders this verse, I think it should say, the, the, I am the vine, you are the branches, is, is how other translations would say this. Um, but the point is that, essentially, God the Father is the farmer in this parable. God the Father is the farmer in this parable. It says in Matthew 13... 25 it says but when everyone was asleep an enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and ran away Now a point that I want you to write down I want you to first off uh, You know write those scriptures down, but then your first point is on this second scripture that You know your first point is God is the farmer and that's in for Matthew thirteen verses twenty uh, verse twenty four and John fifteen verse one your next point is false teachers are uh, the enemy's seeds are sown through false teachers now this is not the only means by which the enemy can sow seeds um, or sow weeds into god or the father's garden a uh, farm that's not the only way the enemy can sow seeds one another way is that they they just have weaknesses that they didn't take care of that they you know didn't take care of and they fall into sin um you saw this with ravi zacharias's fall you know he he was going to these tattoo parlors i think or not tattoo well what massage parlors sorry uh massage shops and and thing. you you know all about that You you see other leaders falling and they just they uh they have their weaknesses they never took care of them they never got exorcisms they didn't believe in exorcisms they didn't believe in deliverance and and they may have had demons themselves, or at the very least, they had cur- generational curses. And then when those curses, you know, those curses lay, da- lay dormant for so long, and then when that thing pops up, either the person molests them or whatever it may be, uh, you know, it, it just activates things to the point, and, and sometimes it may cause them to fall into sin and then get possessed by a demon. <clears throat> and it's just a spiral it's a cycle that if you don't take care of it then it's going to take care of you and i don't mean in a good way i mean in a bad way uh there are lots of ways that people can become weeds they may start out as a wheat but then they become a weed from the enemy because the enemy made them into a weed now also they can start out as a weed and Become a wheat. you see you see the play on words. I'm using here now Later on in John. Uh, we're gonna read John 15 verse 2 And in the passion translation of uh, the footnotes that he, he talks about Peter's denial and he says that God Loves his children. He's not just gonna cast us away when we don't bear fruit um, like when we you know, maybe start off and and not bear fruit, you know or something like and there are some points in our lives that we don't bear fruit, there are other parts in our lives that we do bear fruit and and God uses those now this is just my kind of paraphrase uh <clears throat> but he uses the words prop up and and stuff uh but you know i I used the Amplified Classic, and you'll see why why I did that when when, when we get to the end. But uh, let's read John chapter 10, verses 1 to 13. The- I'll have to keep picking up the phone, man. <laughs> it- oh, okay, good. It's only 11 minutes. Good. Um, it says, Jesus said to the Pharisees, listen to this eternal truth. The person who, speak, who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen rather than coming through the gate reveals himself as a, as a thief coming to steal. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate and because the gatekeeper knows who he is he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep rec- recognize the voice of the true shepherd for he calls his own by name and leads them out and they belong uh, for they belong to him and when he has brought out, out all his sheep he walks ahead of of them and they will follow him for they are familiar with his voice but they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger jesus told the pharisees this parable even though they didn't understand a word of what he meant So Jesus went over it again. I speak to you eternal truth. I am the gate of the flock. All those who broke in before me are thieves who come to steal. But the sheep never listened to them. I am the gateway. To enter enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. Now here's the verse that we like to quote so often about the devil. It says... A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. I am the good shepherd who lays down my life, this is verse 11, as a sacrifice for the sheep. But the worker who serves only for wages is not a real shepherd. Because he has no heart for the sheep, he will run away and abandon them when he sees the wolf coming. And then the wolf mauls the sheep, drags them off, and scatters them. Now this is one way the devil uses uh, use, use, this is one way the devil creates false converts, or weeds, the weeds of the garden of, God, of the farm of God. The church is not only the body of Christ but she is the the church is the is God's farm, the God the Father's farm. And we are the branches and Jesus is the vine. Any person who does not connect to the vine will if they continue to not bear fruit be cast off into the fire and to hell. Anyone that calls themselves a Christian and yet does not bear, does not connect to the vine continually, does not connect to Jesus continually by reading his word, prayer, fasting, all the usual Christian disciplines that we're to do and getting to know his ways If they then then when they die, they'll go to hell, so even within that passage in John in John fifteen it also tells us what what happens now in Matthew thirteen verse twenty six it says when the wheat sprouted and and bore grain, the weeds also appeared. In other words, God the Father. I mean, see, like, where, are his his hired hands too, and we'll get to that next. But it's like this. When God plants seeds, plants the wheat in His farm, which is the true Christian, then it, it doesn't matter what church it is. It could be even Times Square Church. It could be uh, somewhat under Isaiah Seldivar's podcast. Po- it could be with me in this podcast. It could be anybody. It doesn't have to be because of what they taught. They could be teaching. You know, Jesus had a false convert. Judas was that false convert. Judas, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter how you begin or what your middle looked like. What matters is how you ended. And he ended by betraying Jesus. And then instead of repenting. He just threw, threw the 30 pieces of silver back into the temple when the Pharisees wouldn't accept it because it was blood money and hung himself. So it, and Jesus was preaching righteousness. So it doesn't matter. To some extent it does, I mean to a big extent it does. Like if someone's preaching cheap grace, You'll probably get a lot more false converts than you will someone that's preaching a hard gospel, a hard truth. But the devil always has this way of planting false converts or the weeds in different churches. So let me say this. People that are against the sinner's prayer, their churches also produce false converts. Probably not as much, but they still get produced. And it's not the fault of the pastor. It's just, that's just the way it is. We shouldn't strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. We shouldn't say, well, let's just pray for them and and expect them to have an encounter with God. Have you ever stopped to consider that the reason why uh, the sinner's prayer could have been created was because people that are coming to Christ don't even know how to pray? A friend of mine that I'm talking to, uh, me and... Pastor Mickey, who's my grandma uh, uh, grandpa, are ministering to him, and he's told me, I don't know, I don't I don't know I don't know how to pray. Um maybe from you know only from my food. But that's about it. Um I hadn't asked him in a long time, he may he may know now, but people just don't know how to pray. Okay? Now perhaps the Holy Spirit can teach them, and yes, that's that's great. And but that's why I started using the Sinner's Prayer again. I used to didn't. It's because, and sometimes, sometimes I'll still say, you know, Lord. Be, you know, like if I if I've already recorded it once and didn't butcher and and butchered it, butchered the Sinner's Prayer or something, and, and you've seen this before. Then I'll just say, you know, Lord, give them the words to pray, and you can pray that too. But you better pray it, or use make make up, ask the Lord. For your own prayer to use if you, you know if you're against the sinner's prayer, I'm not here to, to bring this as a defense of this prayer, but then again I am. And, and here's why: You need a confession of faith of some point, of some way, to come to salvation. Okay? You have to have that. And so. Uh, Carter Conlon uses. He, he has a. He has a prayer of confession. But. He more or less. Pray, they pray. From Genesis to Revelation. Concerning the plan of salvation. I'm sure it's a short prayer. I don't, I don't know how short, but, <laughs> but it's still a confessional prayer. And it's still based off of biblical principles. I mean, I'm sure the verses that he uses, he's probably taking out of context too. I don't know. I don't know what prayer he's praying. I've never had to pray it. But my point is, God, let's, let's keep going. Matthew 13. Verse twenty seven. So the farmers hired hands came to him and said, "Sir, wasn't that good seed that you sowed in the field? Where did all these weeds come from?" Um. This next point is uh, with verses twenty seven to twenty eight. is called the what methods should we use now here's the next point or uh, actually down to 29 verse thir- uh, 28 says he answered this has to be the work of an enemy they replied do you want us to go and gather up all the weeds now here's verse 29 no he said if you pull out the weeds you might uproot the wheat at the same time verse 30 actually this is the end of the deal let them both grow together until the harvest at that time i'll tell my harvesters to gather the weeds first and tie them all in bundles to be burned. Then they will harvest the wheat and put it into the barn, into my barn. Now a verse just came to me which concerns itself with worry. In Matthew 6, and there's other places that this talk, it says, don't worry about tomorrow, but let tomorrow worry about itself. Now here's my message to you, folks. Worry about the false converts when they come Jesus has said Through this parable do not try to pull up the wheat with the tares. Do not try and do you know, let let me do it at the end of time. Let me do it at the harvest time And you may say well the Bible talks about the harvest, you know, we're harvesting souls now No, well to an extent, yes, but what what is our job? Our job is to catch the, the fish. Our job is to, to be the minister of the gospel and, and use whatever method we're using for salvation and then leave the rest of it to God. If you're in a leadership position, one of the assignments that I'm, I'm going to give you, write this on your resources page, is... You need to go home. You need to stop, uh, get when you get through with this podcast, you need to look from Genesis to Revelation and you need to ask or probably more or less in the New Testament, but you need to ask yourself, how did the disciples deal with unrepentant people? Okay? Now, if they repented in due time, they were accepted back into the church. But when You know, like, for instance, that man that was committing incest in in 1 Corinthians 5, um, the reason the man was, his demons were not dealt with and were not exercised is because he didn't want him to leave. He didn't want to quit committing incest. So you know what they did? They just kicked him out. Paul said, put that man out from among you. I don't know what methods they were using in that day to get people to come to Christ, but he didn't say, oh, oh, I see this method over here that you're using, Corinthians. It's causing, it's causing lots of false converts, so you better get rid of that. He didn't do that. And I know I'm yelling, but you know what? This is like, the, the, I, I consider this message to be, to be like, we're in a fire and we're trying to get out. I'm trying to get you out, so I'm saying, wake up! Wake up! I'm being a little louder than I usually am when I'm yelling. It's, this is my passion. We have got to quit being, you know, straining at a nap and, and swallowing a camel. We've got to quit getting so up in our, our arms concerning doctrine. And you, and you may say, well, that's just the younger people. No. I see older people doing this too. So it has nothing to do, in some instances, with experience. Now, when he was younger, my grandpa used to be a really hard and legalistic preacher. Now that he's older, he knows about the grace. And you've heard him on this podcast. You know, he's kind of, and sometimes... You know, I'll have to remind him to just preach the message the way the Lord wants him to preach it. Because sometimes he gets so afraid he's going to get back into that legalistic type preaching. And that's the difference in some instances in a younger and an older person. Because I live with older people, I'm able to have wisdom beyond my years. Because I am asking for their advice and I'm learning from their mistakes. And like I say, at one time I was against the sinner's prayer. I was, I was just as self-righteous as any other person in there that's preaching this. But you know what? God is telling us here... That's his job. In Matthew 3, verse 12, it says, He comes with a winnowing fork in his hands and comes to his threshing floor to sift what is worthless from what is pure. And he is ready to sweep out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into his granary. But the straw he will burn up with a fire that can't be extinguished. In John 15 we read in verse 2 any branch in me this is the amplified classic any branch in me that does not bear fruit that stops bearing that's in parentheses he cuts away or in parentheses it says trims off takes away and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continue, continues to bear fruit to make it bear bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. Now, there are people that are, that are of reprobate minds. But it's not our job to try to figure out who those people are. We just need to pray. I mean, if the Spirit tells you something, like... There are certain scriptures that talk about sins that are unto death. You know, I think it was First John that says, If a person has a sin that is unto death, don't pray for that person. And we like, to, we like to go, Well, it's not my job to judge, it's God's job to judge. Well, the Bible begs to differ, folks. So that's one thing I will say is that we need to look at the scriptures and say, What sins are unto death? And what sins are not unto death. And okay, if this person is committing this sin. We shouldn't, we, we, we should leave it alone. We need to start going back to following the scriptures. But, here's another thing. How much time should we spend worrying about false converts? Well, other than what I just said. Probably very little. Because nine times out of ten, what we may perceive to be a false convert will turn into a true convert. We just got to give it time. Nine times out of ten, a false convert, someone who may be a false convert today, may, may ten years down the road become a true convert. Through your teaching and your ministry and all this other stuff, you may say, "Well, what if he doesn't change or she doesn't change?" Well, that's when you quit ministering to him. You you don't even, you know, you don't even associate with a brother or sister who who uh, ha- has committed uh, idolatry and all this other st- adultery and all this other stuff, and they won't leave it alone. Now, well, and really, you don't associate with them while they're in their sin. But you do minister to them, and then if they don't want to accept that ministry, they won't accept the ministry of the Spirit, and they won't accept your ministry. Then you just don't don't. You know, Paul said he. Paul told the people in Corinth in First Corinthians five that they were to put that man out of the church. And so, we have got to start. To capitalize on the things the Bible capitalizes on and not capitalize on the things the Bible doesn't capitalize on. And you may say, well, the way I talk about the sinner's prayer, you know, the Bible backs me up on that. Well, name one book of the Bible that talks 88% about false converts. And I don't mean teachings. On how to distinguish them. I mean. They, they talk about methods. Of salvation. That they used back then. That were, against, that were not. Uh, producing true converts. As much as they would like it to. Name one time. In the Bible. That this happens. One book. You may say, "Well, it's in history." Well, okay. Then show me the tr- show me the proof. If you're on your if you're on YouTube and that's your that's your claim, then I want you to write out a comment on YouTube, or you can write to us at PO Box seven two nine three, Edmond, Oklahoma, or at them Jesus seven two nine three, Edmond, Oklahoma seven three zero one three, and you can write a big long letter explaining your positions and your points. If you have something that that tells me differently and tells you know, my pastor differently because he, belie- he uh, believes what I have said concerning this. If you have something different, then you need to prove it. You need to, you need to, you need to show us. And be sure to write a cited uh, the, the links and everything to the, to the articles and the books. You know, what, what page did you get that from and everything. Almost like you were writing a report because yes, you're, you're going to be writing a report on your positions. Show us where we're wrong, and if you don't have anything to prove it, then you also need to stop pre- preaching it, and you need to repent because you're against the Bible. You're just as bad as as you say that Billy Graham and other people are for uh, uh, other Billy Graham was and other people are for using the Sinner's Prayer and other methods like it. I realize I'm coming down kind of hard but we just have to realize we have to start looking at what the Bible has to say about these things. Another thing I want you to do is that this is going to be an assignment. I need you to pick up or at least, but maybe maybe go and check it out from the library. You don't have to read the whole thing, but just read chapter one. Just read chapter one, because that's where it talks about the salvation methods and how they did thing, did things back then. And you may say, well, you know, those people just didn't know any better or whatever. We we do. Well, that may be. Um, and I'm sure back in that day they had uh apostle Apostle Paul the the book, that chapter mentioned St. Augustine and Origen, O-R-I-G-E-N, and some other saints who knew better. They knew the Bible, okay? And now I don't know if they were in the provinces where they were doing this or if they were doing it throughout, but all I know is this is how they were doing it, Okay. So we can't make excuses as to why we're as hard as we are concerning these things. We have to start looking at the Bible again. Perhaps you're a person who has not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And God is convicting you of of your sins. This is not a message that is geared more toward you But I realize that the spirit can do anything. So I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt, so to speak. And, and take this time and, and pray with you. I want to do that anyway in every service. Because D.L. Moody one time didn't, didn't give an invitation. And then that, week, that next week later, I think it was like in Chicago. Uh, the, there were two people. That didn't accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior, I think, is what he said, or, or maybe it was just that whole bunch, and there's how Chicago a, a fire happened, and those people died. And so we told the Lord that He would never give, He would never let another sermon pass by or a session pass by that He didn't give people an invitation to to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And so that's what I'm going to do today. Hold on just a second. In in Romans 10, verses 9 to 10 says, it says, And this is God's living message. And what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of the righteousness of God and, and then the mouth confesses, resulting in salvation. Now true to my message, I'm just going to simply say it like this. I encourage you to repeat after me. And in accordance with this scripture, if you meant it, you will be saved. Let's begin. I want you to say. Father, I am a sinner. I, 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 I know now that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I do believe that Jesus is Lord. And that you raised him from the dead. I pledge to read my Bible. Oh, sorry, I got ahead of myself. Um, just let's back up. I repent. Of every sin that I've committed, and then I want you to stop. I'll give you a few minutes, as best as I can. And if you if if I take if I don't take as long as you need it to, then just pause this podcast and and do it. But I want you to confess your sins. I'm gonna do it this way. Um, because in Acts two it says, "Repent." You know. Be baptized and then you'll receive the Holy Spirit. So we're kind of doing two things at once. We're doing doing the sinner's prayer a little differently than most people would do it. Um, so yeah, go ahead and confess them. And say, thank you for coming into my heart. I pledge to read the Bible, to go to church, to follow the example that I would like other Christians to, to, to be. Fill me with your spirit. Baptize me in fire. So that I can be a witness. For you. To the ends of the earth. I want all that you ask. Or that you say I can have. In Jesus name. Amen. Now, I believe something happened when you said that prayer, and you meant it. I want you to go and get a go go to a bible based church and I want you to um, here are some churches that you can that you can look at now like I said previously when I was talking about um you know, writing a report. If you have any questions or comments or whatever, just write to us at PO Box seven two nine three at uh I forget every time Pretender Jesus, PO Box seven two nine three, Edmond, Oklahoma seven three zero one three. You can contact us at store, uh, through stormministries.com. dot com. That's s t o r m m i n i s t r i e s dot com. Um. I will no longer be giving my blog out. I don't know if, I don't know if people are are writing, but I haven't received really any notifications lately. And usually I do when someone comments. So i just won't give that out anymore. But you can contact us through Storm Ministries website, and um, if you have any questions or anything, uh, just if you're on YouTube, you can comment below. And um, you know if I sounded a little too hard today I did not intend for this to be for that to be so but I did intend for the passion that the, with which the Lord gave me to to, to come out. Although sometimes, although it's it's very imperfect on my end, but I trust that God will overshadow this sermon with His grace and and let let it be let it be done let it you know do justice with it you know in spite of my imperfections. Now I want to pray for the rest of us that are that are ministers. And uh, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that you will help us to, you know. Of of course, you know, if, if if you show us something, you know, we may we may have to execute some form of a of a you know, judgment so to speak. You know, as Paul said, you know, i i in First Corinthians five I've already judged that one among you. We may have to do that sometimes and um put some people out of the church or you know, whatever, but just you know, help us to worry as much as you do about false converts. Help us to be a more effective uh, be a more a more effective witness to those that are lost. Help us to not be so pharisaical and religious. all of us are guilty of this i mean there's not a single one of us that aren't guilty of it and I thank you for it in Jesus name. I pray for everyone that listening to this that may pick up a copy of that book. I ask that you would. Help them to push past the hard words that are on there and just to to, to you know read it, consume it uh, and understand what's trying to be what what's what trying to be communicated. I understand this is not a you know even Ramsey said this is not a theological book it, it's a historical book, but I believe that it can be used for theological purposes and so I just thank you for this in the name of Jesus, and that you know perhaps they may read more than one chapter. But I thank you that regardless of what is done, your purposes will be executed throughout the whole nation, throughout the whole world, in your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, folks. I realized that uh, and I prayed for the worship, and uh, I forgot to put it on there again. So... Uh, <laughs> So, there won't be any worship for this one, I guess. Um, God bless. So, um, <clears throat> I know this is... I don't know if any of you has already watched this, but, uh... Or listened to this. Um, I published it. Uh, this is the second time, third time I think I've had to republish it, but, um... Sorry, Spotify. But, <laughs> Gotta get... You know, I'm just, like, spur of the moment. Like, if I see a change and I've already published it, I just have to... I just have to make do. So, anyway... I realized that I did not put any resources uh, I said I was gonna give you some churches that you can check out but what I would encourage you guys to do is just go over to YouTube to, uh, go to my uh, it's called kingdom advancement and it has 30 38 subscribers I'm not telling you this for any other purpose than, than that you'll see kind of you'll get you'll be given the criteria as to how what to look for um, you'll see a cross as the profile photo, you'll see the shorts down below where, you, where it tells you how many subscribers I have. And over on the Channels tab, once you see that it's my channel, you can just tap on the Channels tab, and it'll give you the subscriptions who I'm subscribed to. You do not have to enter any circumstances be logged into YouTube, but um, I would encourage you to either pray or uh, you know, about the subscriptions, whoever you're subscribed to, or probably just, you know, pray about it, but ultimately, uh, if you have any counsel that you can contact as of, as of right now, they may even give you someone, um, but I'm gonna warn you, if they don't teach, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you one example of someone that you can listen to. Is Isaiah Seldivar. We disagree on some points. But. Uh, he teaches deliverance. And he teaches the whole Bible. He, te- he brings out the power of God. If you. If, if, if the people that this council gives you. Does not teach That they really don't even have to teach deliverance because I listen to the Upper Room Fellowship and they more or less just teach on the relationship with Jesus. But if they don't get... If, they, if it's not a if it's not a spirit-filled church that teaches the Bible under no circumstances, I don't care if your mom goes there, your dad goes there, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't have the power of God, the Bible says from such turn away. So that's that's the criterion, i mean that's the criteria that 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 I give you as to who to who to uh what churches to go to and stuff so thank you all very much for listening and God bless.